Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. I'm your host, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, who earns himself Owen Byrne. Owen, 10 weeks in, down to the business end. How are you keeping? All good, Alan. All good. Uh, yeah, 10 weeks in, it's going too fast. It's going too fast. It needs to slow down just a small bit. It's going too quick. We need more fancy football. We don't want to get to the playoffs too quickly. But enjoying it all the same. Yes, yes, we're only four weeks away, four weeks left in the fantasy football regular season. Yeah, ten weeks have gone by in the blink of an eye with huge, uh, huge games NFL-wise. It's been an absolute joy, as usual, to uh, to watch through ten weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and every week seems to be corkers or games every week. Um, there's been a few duds here and there, but it's been some great football, and Last weekend didn't disappoint. Yeah, absolutely. And funnily, uh, uh, we have our betting uh, corner, which we'll get to a little later on. I was talking about betting in general with the the Soccer World Cup just uh, days away, um, uh, talking to someone who was putting bets on the soccer. And I was, uh, he was asking me about betting on NFL. And I just thought, if, you, if you're looking at the Premier League, you have the best team, say Man City taking on, Whoever's at the bottom of the table, it's almost you're almost guaranteed it's going to be a Man City win. In the NFL, yeah, anything can happen. I mean, anyone could beat anyone on, on, on any given Sunday, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially this year, it's been a very tricky season. Uh, finding the angles has been uh, quite difficult, but uh, we keep plugging on. Uh, but yeah, with the soccer, now when it comes to the World Cup, I think it's a bit different because you know some teams end up going on a run in these international tournaments that you know come out of left field but yeah with those Premier League games now but you don't get the odds um, it's harder to find the angles I think in soccer um, but no I enjoy the American football more especially because I just know more about it so it's more of, more educated guessing than you know blind betting absolutely absolutely alright let's get into the week 10 news but let me hit you with some knowledge yeah bunch of doozy games this week in week 10 started off on thursday night the panthers hosted the falcons in uh what was a pretty entertaining game they see it out 25 to 15 rolling on to sunday the first ever nfl match in germany took place in the Allianz Arena in Munich, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers upset uh, the uh, high-flying Seattle Seahawks, 21 points to 16. Tom Brady has now won in Germany, in England, in Mexico, and a handful of games in the United States. He continues to break records. <laughs> yeah, just a handful of games. <laughs> yeah, um... Look, I thought this game in particular, I thought the Bucks just came out uh, a little more ready, probably a little more prepared, travelled better. Um, they got up early and uh, it was pretty late when the Seahawks tried to make a game of it and uh, kind of just ran out of time. But yeah, Brady had a nice game. Um, there's there's not much about it. Uh, they played well and the atmosphere was electric. I mean, it was unbelievable. And even players talking about it in a press conference after said it was like nothing else. Absolutely, yeah, the singing from the stands and all that kind of crack. We've been to multiple games in the UK and uh, while uh, the NFL and the players always seem to say that the UK games had good atmosphere, I always felt it was a bit, a little bit flat, uh, you know, uh, not not nearly, yeah, not nearly as as raucous as uh, the games we've been to in the US. Yeah, agreed. But look, there, there's a huge American football following in Germany. Every year that we went to the UK, we met people from Germany. Um, they like, they love the game. There's a, a little bit of a European league going on. I think it's an eight or ten team league, and only two of the teams are not based in Germany. So there's a team in Barcelona and a team in Poland and Warsaw, and all the other teams are, are, are out of Germany. So there's... 
and a big NFL following in Germany. They they love their American football. Absolutely, yeah. There was a number of teams, number of German teams in the NFL Europe back in the nineties and noughties. Um, but moving on, we headed into Sunday uh, Sunday evening, and we were treated to some of the best games of the season. None more so than the Bills hosting the Vikings went to overtime, and the Vikings take it with what was probably the most insane, bizarre, entertaining last couple of minutes of a match I've ever seen in that regular uh, game. Uh, yeah, Vikings take it 33-30, but, uh, oh, man, talk about a back-and-forth game. Yeah, uh, you know, dubbed as being one of the best games of all time, and uh, it really was. It was back-and-forth, crazy stuff happening at the end. I think the last, like, two and a half minutes took like 40 minutes to play out. There was so much going on. The clock was, <laughs> it was, it was nuts. And obviously, you know, I would argue the best catch ever uh, from Justin Jefferson, Um, how he holds on to the ball. Defender has two hands on the ball. He has four fingers on it, comes down with it, holds it through the gr- contact of the ground, 4 to 18. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable stuff, all right, it was some catch, uh, and people kind of saying, why didn't the Bills just take a safety at the end, but why didn't they just put it in Josh's hands and let him sneak for two yards, that fumble is just unforgivable. Yeah, I mean, I agree, uh, worst case scenario, maybe he should have been in the gun, and, you know, then you can throw it away or take the safety, or, but, I mean unforgivable fumble there really and and Ken, Eric Kendricks comes up with it um crazy it was it was nuts that that played out that way and it got to overtime nuts absolutely and another back and forth game was of course your own Chicago Bears going down at home to the Detroit Lions by 31 points to 30 a missed extra point kick uh Seemed to kind of not matter as it took a six-point uh, lead with only a minute or so on the clock, but the Lions went down the other end and won it at the death. Uh, tough watching. Yeah, look, I mean, in, in a sense, the Bears actually played really well outside of basically one play. And seeing them play that well, lots of optimism there and still taking the loss. So we're still high up in the draft. It's kind of actually, there's a little bit of, I like to see them playing really well and lose. There's a little bit of that. Now, look, Fields had a great game again, obviously. Had a really bad interception towards the end. Um, But look, they're just the growing pains you have with a young quarterback. Uh, He's going to learn from that. More experienced quarterbacks would have just thrown that away. Uh, He was just has uh, an aptitude to try and keep the play alive and... No, I'm uh, optimistic about the future, and the O-line held up pretty well again. Um, for a young O-line, liked it a lot. But uh, pretty yeah. much a false win yeah. on the board for the Lions, in my opinion. They shouldn't have won the game, and they're going to be bloated a little bit in price this week, as we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting on the other side of the ball, uh, a fully healthy DeAndre Swift Seems to now be in a three-back committee uh, of running backs in Detroit. And, uh, you know, he got six carries and two targets. He took one of them in for a touchdown, which sort of made uh, okay reading from a fantasy point of view. But uh, it's it's weird that, uh, that, that uh, both Williams and Jackson basically got 30% of the snaps each. Uh, it's kind of kind of strange. Yeah, a little bit strange. Uh, in particular, Jackson. Um, clearly, uh, Jamal Williams has uh, earned his stripes over the years uh, in Green Bay and since he's joined the Lions. But um, Jackson is the, is the strange one for me. But uh, look, maybe they know what they have this season and they're trying to uh, you know keep some tread on the DeAndre Swift tires. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Moving on, the Kansas City Chiefs did what they needed to do to dispatch the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, 27 points to 17. A big win for the Miami Dolphins over the Cleveland Browns, 39 to 17 in the end. Uh, Stefanski, uh, coach of the Browns, surely on the hot seat. Uh, 
with the way things are going there. Texans take another loss in the in the last column. They lose on the road to the Giants, twenty-four to sixteen. They're now the worst team in the league on one seven and one. The Giants, ever improving though on seven to two. Brian Dayball doing hell of a job there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty three pretty straightforward results here now with the Dolphins, uh, Chiefs, and Giants. But yeah, Dayball. And he was getting after him on the sideline. They were up, and he was getting after uh, the O line, the D line, and uh, you know, coaches have said uh, in the past. Uh, Sean Payton uh, famously always used to talk about it. If you can come out with a win, but uh, have a reason to hype up your guys during the week and get them really focused, uh, that's always a big bonus. That's it. That's it. Uh, we talked last week that there were um, the first time in history that the Steelers and Packers were underdogs at home. And uh, we talked about the Steelers particularly being underdogs at home to New Orleans Saints, who were just not a good team. And the Steelers rightly showed that, winning at 20 points to 10. Uh, that wasn't a shock to me. I had him backed and... Uh, yeah, the Saints are not good. Yeah, uh, it wasn't shot to me either. We had him in our double last week. Um, like you said, the Saints just aren't good. They uh, can't establish the run. Uh, Dalton's just not good enough. Uh, he's had some flashy moments in games, but, I mean, this is a bad football team, and the Steelers' defense was getting uh, healthy. TJ Watt was back. Uh, it didn't take him long to uh, pick up um, a sack or you know, force another team member to get a sack. He was wreaking havoc all game uh, in the backfield. And on the back end, they're getting healthy as well. That Steelers defense is still a a big nugget to chew on. So I'd be uh, afraid of them. Yeah, absolutely. Elsewhere, the Tennessee Titans uh, beat the Denver Broncos at home. We talked about this off-air, that the Russell Wilson good... uh, game in the UK seemed to be a blip he went back to his current form of uh, not really playing that well and uh, despite the Titans not leaning on Derrick Henry they still come out with a with a fairly routine win yeah I mean I think the uh, the Titans are a bit overhyped um, they've they're pretty stout in defense but I think their offense is um, not that uh, stellar at all uh, conversely the Broncos have a really good defense but as you mentioned Russell Wilson was very poor again. Like this was straight up bad. He he was just bad, and look, yeah, as you said, the the London game was just a a glitch in the matrix. Indeed, speaking of glitches in the matrix, the Indianapolis Colts fired Frank Reich and brought in uh, high school coach and former uh, center Jeff Saturday, and we all scoffed and laughed and. This is going to be a disaster. Let's bet against the Colts from here on out. But he made a bold decision last minute to uh, start Matty Ice, and they walk into Las Vegas and come out with a 25-20 win off the back of Matty Ice playing, throwing well, making 39-yard scrambles. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor getting back and fit. But, uh, oh, the Raiders are a shit show. Yeah, uh, Raiders are awful. We had the Raiders in this game, and they were uh, quickly letting us down. Uh, This game looked bad from the outset for the Raiders. And look, the Colts, I don't think um, Saturday is still not a coach, but uh, Matty Ice played okay. It was a bold decision to put him back in, especially with the uh, contract scenarios that are going on there. But uh, the biggest story here for me is Jonathan Taylor was back Looked real good, real healthy, and you know I like him going forward. To be fair, um, he's gonna be uh, he's back in back in business, and it's good to see because he's a great player. Yeah, absolutely. Into the late games on Sunday night, the LA Rams uh, lose at home to the Arizona Cardinals, who themselves are not a great team. They lose twenty-seven to seventeen. Bigger news than that, they've lost Cooper Cup to IR for at least four weeks with a high ankle sprain and some surgery. But as we talked about again off-air before we came on, the Rams are so bad that they are three-and-a-half-point favorites 
against the New Orleans Saints, who we've already talked about being so bad. But uh, ooh, talk about a Super Bowl hangover. This is probably as bad uh, a defensive effort as I've ever seen from a, from a defending champion. Yeah, look, they have been poor. Um, they can't, haven't been able to establish the run. Just a slight correction on what you said there. They're three and a half point underdogs. Uh, oh, apologies. Yeah, against the Saints. Uh, but look, they were bad here. Uh, this wasn't a stellar game uh, for either team, really. Uh, backup quarterbacks on both sides. Uh, Walford for the Rams and Colt McCoy for the Cardinals. But... Look, the Rams are bad. They're bad in the O-line. They've been missing, clearly missing Whitworth on left tackle all year. The O-line hasn't been able to settle itself again. They can't establish the run. Um, Stafford's been carrying injuries all season. Again, this game was Walford, but, I mean, he's not very good. He's shown just small flashes in the past. But, no, this is... I've never seen a hangover like this. They are awful. They're really awful. Yeah. They are very bad. Long may continue. And then we move on to uh, another really high-scoring game. Uh, the again five-point underdogs last week. The Green Bay Packers hosted the Dallas Cowboys, and despite a massive game from C.D. Lamb for the Cowboys, it was an equally big game from Christian Watson, and the Packers come out with a thirty-one to twenty-eight victory, which many people didn't see coming. Yeah, no, for sure. Didn't uh, see this one coming myself, really. I just think the Packers are poor. But uh, look, uh, Christian Watson turned up. Uh, he had two early drops uh, in the game. But uh, Rodgers came back to him and he ended up with, uh, you know, four receptions and three touchdowns. Nice little coming out party for him. But oh, Dak is just so average for me. And it's just, I just can't see this team this Dallas team going the distance with him a quarterback it's just not good enough and no. you know outside of CD Lamb they don't have much uh, weapons on offer really to be fair himself and Pollard are kind of the main focus and if you can shut down one of them you only have one to worry about so it's tough slogging now for the Cowboys who are obviously always overblown because they're America's team apparently <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Sunday night's late game then saw the 49ers host the Chargers, and the 49ers coming away with a 22-16 to point win. On reflection of the game and watching it, that seems a little bit flattering for the Chargers. I didn't think they played particularly well. It's just the 49ers could not get it done uh, with two or three uh, trips into the red zone. Um but it struck me uh, seeing a full game, really, of Justin Herbert. He's not playing at the level we expected him to do uh, after his stellar season of last year. Um, and, yeah, as I said, the 49ers looking strong in all areas, just need to uh, just need to punch it in. But, again, uh, like the DeAndre Swift conversation we just had, Christian McCaffrey only saw. 35 to 40% of the snaps. Elijah Mitchell, of course, is back, but surely you give more to McCaffrey, uh, you know, to do the damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a big story from this game for me. I mean, look, maybe later in the game, the Niners felt like they had it pretty much wrapped up, like the Chargers didn't score in the second half. Um, so no point in pounding McCaffrey. But look, Mitchell looked good. He carried the ball yeah. real well. He is a real batter ram. I liked him a lot. And that's a serious one-two punch uh, coming out of the backfield. Because, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's a downgrade probably from McCaffrey to Mitchell. But in the system, Mitchell knows it inside out and runs real well behind that uh, good old line. But I uh, thought my biggest takeaway here was uh, the Niners' defense looked outstanding. I thought it was probably yeah. the best defensive performance of the weekend. And... I think you puts he in the mix. Oh, jeez, I, I can't see not going far into the playoffs. I really can't. You look really good. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, and, and looking at the schedule ahead, I know they've to go to Mexico City next week, but they're heavy favourites against the Cardinals. Um, and looking at their schedule ahead, I mean, we talked about a couple of tricky games being away at Tampa and, and maybe the Seahawks when they meet again, but... If they continue to play like they did on Sunday night, 
they could go unbeaten for the rest of the season or, or, or certainly close to it, you know, and absolutely a handful for anybody in the playoffs, I think, especially on the NFC side. Absolutely. Uh, they just kind of need to, as you alluded to earlier, sort out their uh, their red zone uh, attempts and just start punching in some of these, uh, these goals and stop settling for field goals. Yeah, indeed. And uh, everything ended uh, for week 10 on Monday night. The unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles hosted the 4-5 and five Washington Commanders, but the Commanders shocking the world with a 32-21 point victory. Of course, six of those points came with a lateral fumble at the end to uh, own chagrin in a different uh, fantasy football league. But uh, still, the Commanders uh, looked good for their win. It wasn't a fluke by any means. Uh you know, Eagles just didn't play up to up to scratch, and the the commander defense stifled them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Eagles weren't just allowed to do what they usually do: get up uh, early and kind of just slow you out of the game. The commanders controlled the ball; they controlled time of possession, ran the ball really well, and you know that was the key to victory: keep the ball out of Hertz's hands, and any time he got his chances, um, they just weren't up to scratch. You know, some guys uh, fell down injured late in the game. But, um, you know, A.J. Brown was basically non-existent until he went out injured. Uh, he didn't play well at all. And, yeah, they really got stifled. Now, I spoke to Quinny before this game Monday evening, and we both kind of had a feeling that the commanders could rob him here. They could rob him. Didn't see the scoreline being 11 points, but kind of slightly like the commanders going into this one. I don't buy the Eagles at all. And I continue to not buy the Eagles. I think they're, the wheels could come off here. Yeah, and as you say, if if that offense is getting stifled by the likes of the Commanders, you would think coming up against, you know, a stout 49er defense or, or, or Vikings or, or, or Bucks even, you know, in a playoff scenario, they could find themselves in trouble. Yeah, and now every team has the blueprint how to beat them. And... Yeah. The corners didn't turn up. Slade did not turn up the other night at all. McLaurin made a fool out of him on several plays. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we move on to the injuries, we just, of course, want to let you know that week uh, 12, so we're heading into week 11 now, but week 12 is Thanksgiving weekend. So next week we're going to have a three-game slate on a Thursday night of next week. Uh beginning at 6 o'clock in the evening local time here, um, which puts a little bit of a dampener on the Sunday evening's game, but uh, full night of action on Thursdays, always always appreciated. Oh, yeah. Uh, more football on Thursdays. Because Thursday night games are so stellar. <laughs> 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 no, well, Thanksgiving weekend is always fun. Uh, three games on the Thursday. Uh, can't argue with fo- more football on television. And it's going to be enjoyable. Also, it is the uh, trade deadline for our league. Indeed, indeed. There was also a litter of injuries this weekend. Um, some to some big name players. Who you got? Yeah, yeah, some big name players. You mentioned earlier about Cooper Cup. Uh, obviously, a big one for the Rams and uh, fancy football. Uh, some big name tight ends, Zach Ertz. Gerald Everett, Dallas Goddard, all um, picking up injuries. Ertz and Goddard in particular going to IR. Uh, and more wide receivers coming at you. Jerry Judy and Juju Smith-Schuster both going down. And in the running back camp, uh, Khalil Herbert went on IR for the Bears. And uh, Fat Lenny uh, picked up some sort of hip injury, uh, which... You know, held him out of the, the end of the game last week. And Rashid White looked really good. Yeah, indeed he did. All right, let's move along to the Balls Deep Dynasty Week 10 Rundowns. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! So our game of the week came by the way of the human beings and Kenna's killers. Taylor Swift were back in action for just the second time in the last three weeks. But once again, only one of them would turn up. Taylor exploded for 24.3 points on his return from injury. But Swift only got 8.2, 
being the beneficiary of a touchdown to avoid being a total bust on the week. Tua Tagovailoa also got into the 20s with Brady, Slayton and Sutton into double figures for the killers. But duds were also put up in a bunch. The aforementioned Swift, Otten, McMuth, Gainwell and the Eagles D all failed to do what was necessary as they amassed 128.32 points in total. Human beings saw yet another dud of their own from Kyle Pitts with just 4.8 points. A disappointing season for the touted tight end. After that, Henry, McKenzie and the Saints D all failed to hit double figures but were all above 8 points apiece. Mahomes topped out with 31.14 with his impressive season continuing. St. Brown was in the 20s with Patterson, Lockett, Johnson and Smith all in double digits. And that put him up to 137.44 and a 9-point victory. The human beings claim a victory that they had to have to stay in the playoff hunt. 5-5 five and five through 10 games has them positioned well for a playoff push. Kenneth Killers, though, now 3-7, and seven, and it sees their quest for the ring all but over as they slump to the bottom of the suckiest bunch of sucks division. Yeah, it's actually a big win for Green here. Keeps him banging the mix, and, um, you know, he'll be happy enough getting the win, seeing the likes of Derrick Henry not being leaned on by the Titans, giving him a little break uh, will be helpful for Green going forward. Obviously, Amon Ra Sam Brown back the last couple of weeks doing the business for him again. And, you know, Kieran's just uh, been unlucky now uh, between injuries, bye weeks. Uh, they've really killed this season. Uh, six losses in a row now. Um, doesn't make for good reading. And, yeah, it's, it's not good. Indeed, indeed. Well, we had three games that were very close to each being the blowout of the week. The biggest one came by the way of kick in the squibs as they kicked cup my balls in the squibs. Justin Fields led the way for the squibs with 39.38 points. Justin Jefferson followed close by with 35.3. Tilo and Davis had a 20 plus apiece. Hawkinson and Henderson eked over 10 with just a handful of duds though. They put up a big score of 163.04. Cut my balls. Just couldn't hang this week. CeeDee Lamb did outscore Justin Jefferson with 38 points. Cook got to 23.6 and Eckler, Godwin and Evans reached double figures. However, too many duds were collected. Juju, Gesicki, Sanders, the Broncos D. Each combined for less than Dalvin Cook's 23 points. This is all topped off with a goose egg from Ellinger as he was replaced late by Matty Ice. Mr. Ice rode the pines for cut by balls to 22.68 points. But Kevin will be safe in the knowledge that even if he made that switch, it still would not have changed this week's result. Cut my balls end week 10 on 6-4. and four. Still in the playoff spots despite the loss and looking forward to week 11. Kicking the squibs win their sixth game of the season. They hold a three-game lead top of the division with four games to play. All but in the bag for the trashiest team in the league. <laughs> it's an important win for me for sure, Al. It's an important win. Other results go my way. Look, I mean... Fields has turned into a world beater now the last couple of weeks, um, which is uh, to uh, my great pleasure. Um, Fancy-wise, watching him playing-wise, you know, he's obviously uh, my team's QB. Look, um, important win for me. As you said, there's some solace in the fact that uh, not knowing the um, Matty Ice start was coming over Erlinger uh, wouldn't have mattered for, for Kev, but uh, no, I... Uh, I'm I'm happy with the win. Um, you really have to be like sitting watching the Indianapolis game to know that Matty Ice was going to start. Yeah, it was. It was like literally announced yeah. like ten minutes before kickoff. So yeah, that'd have been that'd it, have been it, a bad it, it, that'd have been a bad beat now if he uh, if 
if it would have made it. It would have been a kick in the squibs. It would have been oh, a kick right in the squibs. Absolutely. Right <laughs> okay, another blowout came in the battle of joint league leaders, Davin and the Chipmunks and Nick Cage's Bunnies. Davin and the Chipmunks came off a loss in week nine with a blitz in week 10. Prescott, Connor, Barkley, Diggs, and Wilson all got 21 plus points each. Foreman and Moore added 19 and 18.4 points respectively. Despite a couple of duds, a week's best 171 points obtained. Nick Age's buddies have hit a bit of a couple of speed bumps recently. Low scores, poor performances, and some losses starting to add up. This week, they performed well and got a solid 143.94 points. Good enough to beat all but two teams in the league this week. One, of course, though, that they couldn't beat was their opponent. Jones, Kelsey and Mostert each got into the 20s. Goff, Warren Chubb and Jimmy G into the teens. But Samuel, Thielen and the Raiders D failed to fire. But all in all, a 27-point loss. Dalvin and the Chipmunks take sole position of the league's best record at 8-2 and two and have a two-game lead, top of the division, with four games to play. Nick Cage's Bunnies lose their third of the year, currently sit 7-3 and three after two-week losses in a row. But they also have a two-game lead, top of their division. Big win for Quinny. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look... Uh, this was uh, billed as a heavyweight bout, and that's what it was. Uh, highest scoring team this week against the third highest scoring team. Um, you know, Ross has just run into it a little bit. Uh, massive scoring here from Quinny. And look, a uh, big story from Quinny's team. I think he's going to be delighted personally, never mind the fancy ramifications, but Jeff Wilson has just slipped into that Miami offense. Like, uh, he's been playing there for 10 years. Uh, he just running perfectly behind that all line i mean it's obviously uh mac mcdaniels or daniels or whatever his name is mcdaniels his, yeah. yeah yeah his uh his offense from the niners last year so uh he was pretty um you know he's gonna know the offense straight away and it's it's been seamless and uh you know quinny being a dolphins fan as well he's loving life that's it and and, and just as i re just as i read out that report uh i just noticed that both jeff wilson and Raheem Mostert in the backfield for the uh, Dolphins each went over twenty points fantasy wise, which is uh, which is funny when you consider Tua is also over twenty. Tyreek Hill has played well. Jalen Waddle has got points on the board. You know they're an offense to be feared when they get going. Yeah, we already uh, Gasicki already came up. He was the only dud in the offense this week. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was a dud earlier on, but uh, they were rolling. They looked good and. Uh, they're going to be, um, you know, they're a tough nut to crack for anybody. They can put up points. Absolutely. Well, the final big win of the week came for the walking jinxes. They got back to winning ways when they took out the champs. Mediocre football team. Mediocre football team, a 31-point effort from Christian Kirk. That was so far so good. But Herbert, Eckler, Williams, Waddle, and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones... They got to double figures, but none of them would get to 15 points. The Duds would also hurt any attempt in this one. The Colts D, three points. Chase Claypool, 1.8 points. Taysom Hill, 0.1 point. And a goose egg from Jerry Judy, who left the game injured. The walking jinx took full advantage. Hertz was over 20. Herbert Hill, Higby, Pittman. Hopkins, Schultz, and not a disease, MVS, all got into double digits. Solid scoring across the board gives them 136.8 points and a 37-point margin of victory. The walking jinx, tied up at 5-5, five and five, firmly in playoff contention with four weeks to play, three of which will be in the Donkeys' asses' division bloodbath. Mediocre football team, much like the aforementioned LA Rams, suffering a championship hangover, all but out of contention this year, a 
three and seven. Keen, my guy, getting the dub, keeping himself in contention, beating my rivals in my division. Love to see it, Keen. Love it. <laughs> Great week. <laughs> Yeah, 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 solid scoring. Yeah. Big time, yeah. Um, very solid. Uh would have got dubs uh through more than half the league this week, Keen. Um I take great solace in the fact. It's not because Adam has him on his team. If anyone had him, he just wouldn't be on my team. Love seeing Dud Weeks from not a QB Taysom Hill. Brilliant. He's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's had his weeks this uh, this year, but yeah, they're not obviously not giving him enough uh, enough of the ball because anytime they do, he seems to uh, he seems to do something with it. But uh, he yeah. had one huge week where he got nearly forty points. He's only been in double digits twice outside of that. Like he's been a dud other every other week. It's garbage. Maybe, but 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 he he's probably a better option in the red zone than uh, Alvin Kamara has proven himself to be this season. Well, let's put it this way: um, Adam, Adam has <laughs> you don't Adam like has, Taysom Hill. <laughs> Adam has Taysom Hill in his team, and he's three and seven, and I have Algon and Kamara, and I'm six and four. That's that's the only that's the best oh, way okay. I can put it. All right, all right. Well, game five. It's been an up and down year for rebuilding progress, and that's so Ravens as they headed into their matchup in week ten. That's so Ravens came in on the back of a three-game win streak and a huge win against Nick Cage's Bunnies in Week 9. Flying high, the Ravens would be plucked this week. While Jacobson Pollard reached over 20 points each, only McCaffrey at 17, and the Giants' D at 10 points would see double figures. Heineke, Cup, Marshall, Knox, Moore, and Dalton all combined for less than 50 points between them. Rebuild in progress, though, secured their second win of the season last week and made it three wins this week and two on the bounce. While Mitchell Olave and the Falcons D combined for just 9.4 points between them, this would be the only downside. Adams got into the 20s and solid team scoring be seen from Mariota, Pierce, Gibson, Smith, Metcalf, and Carr. Another big win for the rebuild project. That's how Ravens continue their roller coaster of a season and then we tend to five and five, most likely now not retaining their division title, but still in the playoff mix. But an embarrassing losing to Aina all the same. Rebuild and progress riding high now on a two-game win streak wave. Three and seven through ten, but like others in that position, most likely looking to avoid a toilet bowl. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, Stephen. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I love this. I love this new <laughs> Yeah, look, Ada spun two wins on the bounce now. Um you know, playing himself out of a first-round pick at the moment. Uh, but look, the future's bright for him. He's got some nice uh, pieces on his team, some really nice young pieces, actually. Um, there's actually some really good things to like about Anna's team, in my opinion. And um, look, he's showing some flashes now. But uh, pretty, um, you know, pretty let down from uh, Stevens, seeing as he got 5.44 points uh, from Heineke in a, in a game that... <laughs> That, that the commanders won by 11 points um but look yeah uh, it's been a roller coaster for steven this year as you said probably looks unlikely now he can win the division but um look the playoff mix is still there and lots of uh, football and fancy to be played yet absolutely correct and uh speaking of uh playing themselves out of the first overall pick we move on to QB Antivax, who took on the Fear Boners this week. The Fear Boners only had Josh Allen reach 20 points. Singletary, ETN, Wilson, and Fournette each got into the teens. But dud after dud from Robinson again, Kittle again, and the Chiefs D would make it tough, tough watching. 
QB anti-vax didn't fare too much better. Komet got into the 20s. Cousins and Brissette into the teens. But dud after dud here also from the Cowboys D. Dylan, Cooper, Benjamin and Harris would leave this slugfest teetering as we headed to Monday night's game. QB anti-vax held a three and a half point lead with Terry McLaurin to play Monday night. The fear boner said studs AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard to play. And I don't think anyone thought that A, the Eagles might lose to the Commanders, or B, Terry McLaurin would register twice as many fantasy points as A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard combined. The Eagles did lose. Brown and Goddard both left injured, and McLaurin went off for 20-plus points. QB anti-vex, as we said, Working their way out of the first-round pick on a two-game win streak, are now four and six on the season, and amazingly just one game away from a playoff berth, albeit with some traffic ahead of them. The fear boners, like everyone else, stuck in five and five, are in the playoff mix, but the yo-yoing and inconsistency is so tough to watch. You suck, Ben. You suck. Ben is back. Hey, my best buddy, Ben, back in action. He is sniffing down those playoff places. Go on, Ben. Two weeks in a row, boy. Yeah. Slaying. It's three, three wins and three wins and four. He's, uh, he's, yeah. uh, yeah, he's flying it. And a big loss for you. And not only losing on the week but uh losing some pieces to injury uh going to make it an uphill battle for you huh? yeah yeah in trouble yeah it's one i uh, if i take it i'm one, I'm, I'm, I'm in the playoffs and one game off the division now i'm stuck in the 5 and 5 stuck in the mud oh battle royale and uh yeah yeah two games off the it probably probably rules out a division title at this point but yeah yeah look these are the punches that come with fantasy football. Alrighty. The joys, some might say. Let's look the joys. at the joys. The joys, yeah. Well, let's look ahead to week 11. <laughs> really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Week 11, like previous weeks and like the three remaining weeks to come after this, are so spicy. These are all must-wins for everyone. Everyone needs to win these games. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a battle. We start off. The Fear Boners of 5-5 five and five, take on a 3-7 and seven Tennis Killers team. Again, one one I have to have, but yeah, I'm fearful. I'm fearful. Let's put it that way. It's a trap. That's where. Yeah, it is a trap. I can feel it. I can oh, feel God. it like a snake, <laughs> like like a snake coming around my body, just waiting to squeeze. That's how I feel. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't feel that way had I beaten Ben this week. But here we are. <laughs> we also have a three. A three, a three and seven resurgent rebuild in progress, but they're in an uphill battle as his bottom face top as Dalvin and the Chipmunks roll into town with their eight and two record, looking to uh, put the division title on ice. Then we got a big heavyweight clash: the six and four division topping. Kicking the squibs, take on a seven and three. take on a seven and three division topping Nick Cage's buddies. It's a big one that both teams need. Owen, with a victory, you probably seal the uh, seal the division. Uh, likewise for Ross, he probably takes the division with a win here. Uh, but whew, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, playoff berth on the table. Yeah. 
What's looking surprisingly like could be a game of the week contender. We have a 5-5. Five and five. That's our Ravens up and down. Taking on a mediocre football team. Defending champions on the back of a six-game losing streak. Right at this very moment of recording, they are favoured to win that match. Could be an upset in the making. Elsewhere, probably the most intriguing match of the week is a 5-5 five and five human beings taking on a 4-6 and six QB anti-vax. A win for Ben puts him ahead of Michael and firmly in the playoff mix. A win for Michael would all but end Ben's interest in a playoff position and keep Michael well in the hunt. And elsewhere, another intriguing battle, a 5-5 five and five walking jinx take on the 6-4, and four, cut my balls. Both of these guys looking for a win to get their foot in the playoffs. A loss could be detrimental to either, but more so probably to Keane. Oh, man. Spice all over this week's matchup. Yeah, I'm so excited for this week. This is nuts. Because, like, everyone's everyone needs a win, but everyone also has to look around the league to see if their the results are going their way as well. I'm pumped. This is going to be class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sure is. Uh, Jesus. It's all so tight. It's so tight. I mean, there's two games basically separating what nine of the teams or eight of the teams it's crazy yeah 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 and seven and of course eight teams yeah two games separating eight and of course of course this week 11 is the final week of the interdivisional matchups we've got three weeks remaining and they are all in division slugfests I'm not looking forward to that in the division I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I want to secure a win this week and have my division lose, so I don't have to worry as much about it. You don't have to worry, yeah. That's that's just it. Uh, yeah, anyone on the cusp of a playoff berth going into their own interdivisional in, or indivisional bloodbaths uh, need a victory yeah. in week 11. Adding <laughs> just a little more spice if that was possible. <laughs> Okay, let's have a look at week 10 of the If You're Not First, Your Last Redraft League. If you ain't first, you're last. The Redraft League, yeah, week 10. I was upset in this one again. I was 7-2. and two. I was coasting. Came up against a 3-6 and six hot chub time machine. Adams so takes me out. By a little more than two points here in a really close one. One fifty point six beats me at one forty seven point nine eight. Elsewhere, Ana wins in this league as well. Dalvin and the Chipmunks at one fifty point one four beat the fantasy football team one thirty eight point five six a twelve point margin of victory there. Huge win for Boo Earns here in his sucky sponsor sucks. 212 points. Takes out Ross's team. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Aaron's team by almost 80 points. 80 point victory. Nice. nice. Elsewhere, Stephen had the duddiest of dud weeks in the redraft league. Only 86 points put on the board this week. It was easy for Ross and Staffs the way you like it. He got 143 and a big uh, victory in that one and ben also gets a double victory with a victory here he's 139.42 beats greens mr meeksteaks and the destroyers 117 points so looking at the table the suckiest bunch of sucks and unnecessary roughness yes your podcast hosts top of the league i like that Stephen. but <laughs> we're top of the league <laughs> <laughs> And we and we are one, uh, the three of us, one game clear of staffs the way you like it. Those four teams more or less locked into the playoffs now because the other six teams in the league all have losing records. Four of those teams are locked on four and six. That's Adams, Hatchup, Time Machine, Michaels, Mr. Meeksteaks and Destroyers. 
Uh, Keane's a fancy football league, and Anus, Dalvin, and Chipmunks, those four teams are one game ahead. Oh, sorry, and Aaron's team are four and six. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah, so that means five teams on four and six, one game ahead of Ben on three and seven. All of them scrapping for two playoff positions. Man, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough heading into the final weeks. Uh, and as we look at it, uh, playoff bound, uh, unnecessary roughness at seven and three take on the six and four. So that's the way you like it. A big shootout in it takes on Ben. Ben could be out with a loss, could be right in it with a win. Likewise for Ana. A seven and three though. Suck your sponsor sucks. Take on a seven and three. Stevens team. Top of the table clashes. Let's so go. all four of the all four of the top teams taking each other on, which means all six of the bottom six taking each other on. Also, Aaron's team at four and six take on Kean at four and six. And Adam at four and six take on Michael at four and six. You could be separating the men from the boys after week 11. Yeah, everyone has to have it again this week. You know, um, a big win for me or Stephen. It's going to be a big win uh, either way it goes coming into uh, the last couple of weeks. And, you know, trying to get that bye in the playoffs. And, you know, same for yourself and Ross. But, uh, look, it's really the bottom six here. Um, This is going to be a scrap. And uh, I'm going to enjoy watching it. Absolutely, the three winners on. this week. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Without sweating, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, let's move ourselves along to everyone's favorite segment, the betting corner. Who do you like in the afternoon games? Well, I like the 49ers because they're pure of heart. Seattle because they got something to prove. And the Raiders because they always cheat. And in an extremely suspicious play, the Raiders win. So, Lone, give us a quick recap on uh, how your bets went uh, from week 10. Yeah, so last week we had the Steelers. Uh, they won handy, as we alluded to earlier in the pod. And we doubled that up with uh, the Raiders. And, you know, as, again, I said, it was a pretty bleak viewing from the outset of that game. Uh, the wow, Raiders wow, were bad. Wow. Well, they're bad on yeah, both sides they were of the bad. Ball. This is the thing, like, they're not good anywhere. Do you know who else is bad on? You for giving betting device, uh, betting advice on this podcast. Yes, this is not, <laughs> it's not been going our way, lads. Let's be honest about it. There's no two ways about it. But look, the money's coming out of my pocket. You don't have to follow me. Anyway, this week, we're excited. As every other week, we're always excited. Who have you Who have you this way, this week, right? Okay, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Patriots played the Jets in New York, and uh, the Patriots were two and a half point favorites. We gave all the stats as to why the Patriots should definitely win this game. They were your lock of the week, Alan, and uh, it came up no problem. That was uh, a thirteenth thirteenth win in a row against the Jets, covering the spread twelve of those thirteen times, and the other time was actually a push, and. We're going to take the Patriots at home to the Jets this week. Uh, there are minus three and a half point favorites coming off a bye. Uh, Patriots are always super organized coming off a bye. Bill Belichick has uh, an enormous record against the spread coming off the bye. And we're taking them. Uh, only one point in the difference between home and away, which is wrong. That's not the way the line uh, should move. Now, I know it's moving through the key number of three, but typically it's about an it's about a point and a half to two points at home favorites, especially uh, heavy home teams like the Patriots. You could even argue they're two and a half points they should be getting for being at home. And, you know, I just think this line is wrong. And uh, the Patriots have a strong record. One coming off the bye, two against the Jets. I, If this one goes wrong, I mean... If this one goes wrong this week, then just start backing against the teams I say you should back with, and then you'll be up money. <laughs> uh, or, 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 or you just could follow my advice. I'm now three wins on a row. Last week I backed <laughs> the 
Chiefs plus nine and a half to beat the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They did so by 10 points, 27 to 17. But this week, I'm taking a chance, Owen. Taking a chance. So here we go. We This week, we're going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win on the road against the resurging Indianapolis Colts minus six and a half. So Philadelphia minus six and a half at Indianapolis. I think the Eagles are going to come back out uh, to, to, to some sort of revenge after the commander's loss. And I think they're going to win, beat the Colts by a touchdown. We talked about the Colts being trash, uh, had a good game last week, obviously, but they're playing the Raiders who let's face it are awful. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I, 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 I fancy the Eagles here by uh, minus six and a half. Yeah, no, I see the logic behind it. Absolutely. And uh, don't, don't disagree with it. I just wouldn't be betting it anyway in this game. Don't know what the Colts are. Uh, JT is back. Uh, they played decent last week against a bad team, but... The Eagles did not play well against a bad team. And, yeah, it's I, I don't disagree with the bet. I just won't be betting it myself. But I think it it has yeah. a, a serious chance of coming up. Another one I really like. Yeah. Um, another one I really like is, is the Giants. They're at home to the Lions. Um, minus three is the spread. And... Look, the Lions are coming off. Um, they've got two wins there in the last couple of weeks. Two false wins, in my opinion, against the Bears last week. I think uh, going into the fourth quarter, um, you know, nine times out of ten, the Bears are winning that game. And then they had uh, another false win against the Packers recently. Um, Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions in the red zone. Look, it's not been like him. Um I think it's definitely a bit of a false W, and uh, the three points I don't think is enough here. Um, the Lions cannot stop the run. They literally refuse to stop the run. The Bears ran all over them last week, and, uh, you know, Saquon's been hitting his stride this year, and the Giants have a serious uh, uh, run game, and even Danny Dimes can move about. So I think the Giants um, win comfortably here against the Lions at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm also uh, liking the look of the Bears plus three on the road at Atlanta. I think uh, the Bears could win that. Um, but then uh, late in the evening, we have the Minnesota Vikings are one and a half point underdogs at home to the Dallas Cowboys. I just do not see the logic with that. The Cowboys, as we know, are trash and uh, the Vikings are eight and one and playing outstanding stuff. Yeah, I, I just don't get this line at all. I The wrong team is the favourite. Oh, this is just... Oh, this is so typical America. Like, stop. Like, being all in on this random Cowboys team. Like, Jack is not good. He's not good. Pollard is good. C.D. Lamb is good. Jack is not good. I think that if you're betting this game, I'd be taking the better price on the Vikings just to win the game. Don't you don't even need to take the points here. You'll get a better price for not taking the points. I just I don't see how the Vikings can be underdogs at home. This makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, hard to see. Alrighty, well another exciting weekend of NFL action and an even more exciting weekend of fantasy football action is almost upon us. It's gonna kick off Thursday night as the Packers host the Tennessee Titans in what could be a good game. Uh, but, yeah, man, sleepless nights this stuff might give you over the weekend as we uh, get through uh, the fantasy quagmire of the weekend. Ed. Yeah, it's super exciting weekend in, uh, you know, both leagues. So uh, lots to be looking out for. And everybody needs a W. No matter where you are or where, what you're doing, you need a W. Left, right, and center. It's going to be a big week. It's this is, As you alluded to earlier, separate the men from the boys here. That's it. That's it. Well, guys, good luck to you all. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for another rundown of what is a hugely pivotal uh, interdivision league as we head into the bloodbath of the final three weeks. 
so best of luck to everyone. Set those lineups. Watch out for those late decisions, those injuries, those IRs, those waivers. And get it on. We'll see you next week. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye.